Justin Trudeau is in the news again, and Kevin Biggio is hitting for the cycle for the Toronto Blue Jays. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pick and Pod, where we will be talking about none of those topics. As always, we're back, and we're talking nothing but basketball with a sprinkle of football, simply because we love football and we love our gambling. I am joined, as always, by my better half, my co-host, Kevin Kacheri. Kevin, what's happening, dude? Oh, man, not doing too great. I'm not going to lie. So uh, first problem is that, you know, the leader of my country had to release two apology statements today regarding his uh, kind of a racially uh, kind of interesting past. So there's that. Other than that, you know, I'm severely under the weather. So today's podcast is my rendition of Michael Jordan's game from June 11th, 1997, or better known as the flu game. I will come out and hit my 38 points, but I'm going to need you guys to do what Pippen did and carry me off the court at the end of it. Oh, that's, (laughs) that's, that's actually, that's actually perfect because we actually have a special guest today who can carry you off the court after this episode is done. But first, let me just remind all of you to check out the best basketball content on the web, ballandroll.com. I just wrote a nifty article about Pascal Siakam. Go check that out. Also, check out shop.ballandroll.com for the hottest basketball merch on the internet. So without further ado, let's welcome back the host of the South of the Six podcast. He's going to be the Scotty Pippen of the episode, Adam Corsair. Adam, how's it going, buddy? Man, you're putting too much pressure on me. I'm no Scotty, man. I'm like maybe I don't know Steve Kerr back in the prime. Like I can hit some threes, but other than that, I'm not. I'm not that. Great. I don't want to punch you in the face, man. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do that. You seem well, like a nice guy. <laughs> maybe I could be Tony Kukoc instead. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> well, like, original unicorn. I mean, here's the thing. I kind of wanted to give you like a Jordan Lloyd type of hype, but then. Kevin brought up the flu game, so we have to introduce you as Scotty Pippen. So now the pressure is up. Um, I think I think you can handle it. This isn't your first first rodeo. You've been on the pod a few times before. I have, I have, and look, it's uh, it's always refreshing to talk Raptors, especially Uh-oh. in the midst of an ending Blue Jay season that wasn't so great. Talking Raptors is is very refreshing, and I'm glad to be here. Oh yeah, there we go. And speaking of the Raptors, the NBA regular season is happening sometime soon i believe in the next month marcus all probably doesn't know when that's actually when that's becoming a thing because marcus has been drunk all off season first after the championship and then after the fiba world cup which i don't think anybody actually watched i feel like everybody just woke up in the morning and it's like oh usa lost next day oh scola put up 36 points that's weird like is he 25 no he's 39 wake up another day it's marcus all so that's that brings me to this question, and I'm going to start it off with you, Adam, because you're the other Raptor fan on the show. What are the realistic expectations for this team coming into this season? You want the best case scenario or the probable scenario? <laughs> um, let's go with best case first because I'm happy, and then right. we'll go probable. Prob- uh, best case scenario, I'm thinking third. Um, it's going to be very hard to combat with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Sixers, I think in that order. Um, I think they're built to uh, make a postseason run, a strong one too. Um, I think they have a lot more depth, a lot more proven depth than the Raptors do currently, both teams. And they are uh, all around, I think, just a more talented team. When you take away, and you know, not to tug on the heartstrings of listeners, when you take away a Kawhi Leonard from your team, there's going to be an expected drop-off. Um, but when you examine all the other teams in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics, uh, I don't know, Indiana, it's not that 
outrageous to think that the Raptors could be the third best team in the Eastern Conference just because the conference is so weak. So best case scenario, I think they'll finish third. The more probable scenario, they'll probably be duking it out with Boston a bunch. So they'll probably finish within that fourth, fifth seed. But it's not another realm of possibility for them to finish in the third. Are we buying into the Indiana or the Miami Heat hype at all? Like Indiana is going to have Victor Oladipo back. They just brought in Malcolm Brogdon. They brought in Jeremy Lamb, who religiously kills the Raptors. Um, don't want to talk about him. And then the Miami Heat now have Jimmy Butler in the fold. So are we buying into their hype or you still think, Kevin, I'm going to ask, ask this to you. Do you still think the Raptors and the Celtics are kind of like one peg above those two teams? Um. Indiana, I'm a huge fan of them. You know that. Nate McMillan is one of my favorite coaches. And I think Victor Oladipo should be coming in sometime mid-season or so. They say, they're say saying that his recovery is going well and he should be coming back on, on. And I love Miles Turner as well. They lost Thad Young. And you know what I feel about Thad Young. Love that guy. Utility player. But at the same time, Toronto, I think best case scenario, you will squeeze in at the fourth or fifth position. Worst case scenario, you might tank. You know, mid-season, right before the trade deadline, you're going to see Lowry, Ibaka, and Gasol. Those are players that can go and help a really good team get that final push to go towards the ring. Trade them off for some good assets and build. Because you have some solid young guys right now. you got Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, all these kids who you can develop over time. And realistically, losing Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard is really bad. They're one of the biggest reasons why you ended up winning the ring where you were at, at the end of the season. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really rough season for Raptors fans. I mean, I think it really depends on what Masai chooses to do. I think at this point, you just got to roll with what you have just because of like salaries and stuff. But once the trade deadline comes, like you just got to assess what you have. And like, is it like, is there a legit shot at you winning? And it's going to be tough to move guys like Kyle Lowry, who's just been a face of this franchise for so long. Um, so, Adam, like a question for you, like what's going to dictate what Messiah Jury is going to do down the stretch? Like, obviously, he's not going to trade them right away and just completely go full tank mode. But like, what do you think is going to like? Do, first of all, do you think the, the Raptors are going to start tearing it down midseason? No, no, not at all. I, I just, I have to disagree with Kevin. I do think that when it comes to, oh, you, you guys still there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right, go ahead. Um, when, when it comes to the Eastern Conference, when it comes to what we're seeing, we're seeing like teams like Indiana that are, uh, that, that are good, that do, that might be the sleeper team in the Eastern Conference, but the remainder of the conference is kind of just trash, right? You see Miami and everyone's all up in arms about them because of Jimmy Butler. I don't think that he's going to make a, a significant difference to that team. And like really propel them in the Eastern Conference. I really don't. And when you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, what do we got? Brooklyn, which is just the new uh, Boston Celtics 2018 without Kevin Durant. Like it's literally the same situation Kyrie Irving put himself in. It's the same thing. It's a bunch of stars that well, not even stars. It's a bunch of players that are sort of unproven that are still kind of raw that Kyrie has to lead. He's not a leader. So I don't see Brooklyn really propelling themselves. I don't see Detroit really taking that next leap either when you look at the eastern conference there's like five teams that are really strong and the rest are kind of wild cards unless you're buying mm-hmm. orlando so when it yeah. comes to where i think they're going to be i don't think Masai's in the position right now to be able to sell off those assets and to be able to uh, acquire some youth and some picks because i think just by default the raptors are going to be in the playoff conversation mm-hmm. yeah that, that is true and i think uh just on the show, Kevin and I just 
very much hate the Detroit Pistons and everything they do. Uh, you mentioned Orlando. I think they're going to pretty much be the same team we saw last year. I don't think they did too much to really take the next step. I don't think they did too much to take a step back. Um, but that being said, I think we might see some action with the Raptors. Like, say if they're, say, fourth or fifth. I still think they're going to be a good team, a good enough team to be on the top end of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. But, like, looking into the future, I f- feel like a guy like Marcus Gasol might be a good a good piece to move down the yes. stretch because I just think that I, – I don't know if Kyle Lowry is going to be moved because, just, like, I don't know, that might just be a tough thing to do. But a guy like Marcus Gasol, there's going to be a lot of playoff teams, especially ones looking to compete that might need a guy like Marcus Gasol. Like on the last episode, um, I pitched the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it, but right now they're the one thing I feel like they lack is – is depth at the center spot like they got Zubak uh Harrell's a, a big guy but he's undersized for a center position so I feel like Marcus Gasol would just be the perfect fit on that team only problem is they traded every single draft pick they have to the Oklahoma City Thunder they're going to be selling off their like their 2028 pick so we're going to be acquiring 11 year olds um, <laughs> you know but that being said like what do what can we expect from this Raptor team now without Kawhi like specifically with a Pascal Siakam and Kevin, we'll start off with you. Like Pascal's going to have to take that next step and become an all-star and become the number one guy here. What do you expect from Pascal Siakam? I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it last episode. Um, Pascal will make the all-star team. If he doesn't, it's going to be a big time injustice depending on the numbers that he puts up. But by the projections, if you go by the trend that he's going currently, he should be easily averaging 25 points, at least eight or nine boards, and a few assists here and there. And he should be stepping up his three-point game as well. Uh, now that Kawhi Leonard is out, he could be the primary scoring option over there. He will get more touches, and he just because of his frame and his athleticism, he has a great touch around the rim. And mm-hmm. you know, by, by that rate, he should be one of the top scorers in the league going on towards this year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Dude, I love Pascal Siakam. Like, I've loved him since he got drafted. And I think he's going to be insane this mm-hmm. year. Like, I, like a hot take, I think he could be a top 15 player, top 10 player in basketball within Should the next be. year. Yeah. Like, is that is that, a, is that bad to say? Like, is this too hot of a take, Adam? Like, to say that Pascal Siakam could be a top 10 player in the NBA by the end of next year? Or, is, or am I just biased? I'll give you something spicier. Not no pun intended with oh. Pascal Siakam. Uh, okay. I think he's a top. I think he's a top five player in the Eastern Conference right now. Okay, top five. So that um, means there's Giannis, there's Embiid, <laughs> yep. there is. Uh, it, are you going to exactly. put Jimmy Butler sure. over him? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Are you going to put Kyrie Irving over him? No. No. Are you going to put Cameron Payne over him? Oh, uh, shut up. What about what about <laughs> that what about Matt? What about Matt Thomas? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Wait. Okay. Top, but but see, but that's also but because over, the like, Eastern Bradley Conference Beal? sucks. Exactly. Yes, over oh, Bradley oh, Beal. He, defi- he is definitely yes. better than Bradley Beal. Yes. Kyrie yes. Irving? Yes. Kyrie better Irving. than Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving has is an offensive-minded player. I think Pascal Siakam is more of a dual threat than Kyrie Irving will ever be. That's Joel why he's Embiid? an overall. No, no I think oh, Embiid's ahead of him. Okay, I, I, you know what? I can actually make a realistic case that so rank it out, rank it out. I would like Giannis is one, and Giannis. Giannis, I, I can legitimately make a case for Pascal Siakam being three. 
because you can I, that I, I don't necessarily agree with it because I think Jimmy Butler is a better player. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Fair. Fair. But I, I think I think four or five he'd be there. Absolutely. Like unless you, it depends on what Oladipo is going to do. Yeah. But I think you know if if you want to throw Oladipo at four, it, uh-huh. it is kind of a question mark right now. So we can throw Siakam in at five. I really truly believe he's a top five player in these. Wait, he's better than Kobe. <laughs> Dude, everyone, Kobe White. Oh, Kobe, oh. <laughs> I I hate potting with a Bulls fan. Like they're not. They're, but here's the thing: they're not. The Bulls are not relevant. You're like not, right year. now. Yeah, but here. But that's the thing: you always say that. Every Adam, single, Adam, so you Adam, I, I need you to hear this bet. So Richard and I have a bet. At the end of the year, I said Bulls will have a better season than Toronto. Oh my God, no! What? Yes, yes Adam. No. 100 percent. This is going to happen. And you guys are going to cry because we're going to dominate the dynasty. Hearing this. Oh, God. <laughs> what, are you, what kind of uh, cold medicine are you taking, man? Because Not you said you were under the weather. It's all natural, man. <laughs> oh, my God. He is a fan. He's just he's just a fanboy. That's yeah. not, it, it's it's impossible. Honestly, if the Bulls end up the season better than the Raptors, I think a big chunk of Raptor fans are just going to start jumping off the CN Tower like yeah. one by <laughs> Yeah, something went severely wrong. Yeah. That like, we, we're propped up right now. We have all the young talent. We have a good system. I mean, you have a good system. system? What? We have a good system. Dude, yeah, yo. G. I like him. <laughs> So you sure you're young guys. Oh, you watch it. We're going to end up like the way I ranked it out. I have oh. Chicago ending up third or fourth this year. Oh my God. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go, baby. Uh, for all our listeners, I am looking for a credible pod co-host. <laughs> one who's not obsessed with the Chicago Bulls and can remain level headed for about 45 minutes a week for, for just one episode. That's all I really ask for. This happens, Rich, you got to buy me the best steak from the keg. You oh, know I'm that gonna, right. I, I'm gonna buy you two steaks from the keg if it oh, happens. Man. Oh, 100. Yeah. So you're, you're telling gonna... me they're gonna jump 10 spots? They finished 13th last year. You're telling me that a 22 win team yes. is gonna prop themselves up to be a 50 plus win team? 100. Oh my god, dude! Zach uh, is out there working on the beach. You know what beaches do? Fast twitch muscles. He's gonna be more explosive this year. He's gonna go out there, dunk on everybody. Lori Markin is gonna stretch the floor. Kobe gonna come in midseason, control everything, and he's gonna be like Kobe. <laughs> and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. He's gonna do his own thing. And Can we I got get young right now. The Honda Civic of NBA players out there, the most reliable out of them all, and he's gonna be there controlling everything. This is it. This is our year, baby. It's gonna happen. I want in. I want in on this bet. <laughs> this is tragic. We're gonna rob Kevin dry with this. Um, Stakes from both but, you guys. Yeah, but anyways, we're okay. I think we filled our Chicago Bulls quota for this episode. <laughs> until dude, until the Bulls can be above five hundred, we can't wait, wait. talk about them for an extended yeah, amount of time. Bro, you're gonna eat crow to the end okay. of the season. This is gonna That's be a okay. beautiful year for me. That's beautiful. Okay. That's okay. But anyways, that, just back to the whole Pascal Siakam thing. Something I find like someone that matters. Um, first of all, like I think he had. First of all, he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. Yeah. He's played really, really well last year with Kawhi Leonard out. So especially with like extra de- defensive attention, like he's still putting up numbers. And if you look at his like year three stats compared to Giannis's year three stats, they're literally identical. 
And I'm not saying that Pascal Siakam is going to be better than Giannis or anything because Giannis was in year three, like three years earlier. Uh, I think he was like 22 in year three and Pascal Siakam was 25. But I think Pascal Siakam just, he's one of those guys who's just so tooled up that he can do just just about anything on the court. Like when he first came into the NBA, um, you're watching him play and you're like, this guy doesn't know how to play basketball, but he just has this natural feel for the game. Like you watch him like drop these behind the back dimes to Jakob Perlo. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? This guy was playing soccer until he was like 16. He was going to be like working in the church for the rest of his life. And now he's doing this in the NBA. And like, you just watch his progression every single year. Like defensively, he's always been above average, but like his offensive game just continues to climb insanely. Like he was shot the three 36%, which, which is up by like 14% from what it was like two years ago. And now it seems just based on the video I've been watching of him working with Rico Hines in the summer, like it seems like he's got a mid range game now. He's stepping out. Um, shooting more threes than ever he's still he's he's improved his ball handle handle ability like i think pascal siakam's just gonna blow up like yeah like adam you you're saying he's a top five in the east and yeah. the east sucks but i think by the end of the season he can be a top 10 player in like all of yeah. basketball he should be. yeah should he be should be yeah, he should so, be. And like you look at the jump from 7 points per game in 2017-18 to 17 last season, right? And obviously his minutes kicked up, but you know, he's cer- you mentioned Giannis, he's certainly following the same path, right? They were both most improved players of the year. He's very much like a diet Giannis to me. Yeah, sure. I can see that. Like they're they're they have pretty similar frames. Giannis is just longer. He's a little taller and a little stronger, but like, yeah, if you, everything else is just about the same. Like I, I can fully see it with a guy, with a guy like Siakam, but there's a new guy that I really wanted to talk about on the Raptors. Uh, I'm guessing Adam would love to talk about him. <laughs> Has there been a, like a dude who's just blown up on Twitter as much as Matt Thomas lately? Like Kevin, do you even know who this guy is? Like you're actually, not a Raptor fan. Do you have no, I, I did my research. I actually did my research. I learned that he was shooting 49% from the three at Valencia. And yeah. I heard his mom actually set the state record with 48 points in our high school basketball team. True. I, I did not know that. That's pretty gangster. <laughs> See, Kevin does the research on this show. I did not know that. Adam, <laughs> Like I kind of knew who Matt Thomas was. Like when we first signed him, I'm like, who the hell is that guy? I look him up. I'm like, oh my God, he looks like every single white guy. Um, And then he can (laughs) shoot. And it's like, who is this guy? Like, why should Raptor fans be excited? Because it seems like Twitter's like, I don't know if it's serious or if it's like half joking, but like, it seems like a lot of people are excited about Matt Thomas. I don't know if they're joking, but I'm certainly serious about Matt Thomas. Um, He's been on the Raptors radar for quite a while. In fact, in 2017, he came in for a workout uh, to, to, you know, just for the Raptors and Masai loved what he saw and he offered a summer league contract. He turned it down and actually played for the Lakers and he actually won them the championship that year, the summer league championship. Um, He is just fire from beyond the arc. And that is something that the Raptors are severely lacking right now with the exclusion of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. There are a lot of three-point opportunities to go around. You know, when you look at the Raptors roster, there's not a lot, if any, reliable three-point shooters. Yes, you can throw Kyle Lowry on there, but we saw last year that his shooting attempts have been trickling down because he's becoming more of a facilitator. Um, you look at Fred Van Vliet. We've been through the the sessions 
of Fred Van Vliet going super cold, and it, it just is annoying to all of us. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can trust Norman Powell on the regular for three. We're talking about Pascal Siakam and how hyped he is, but the thing is uh, he, too, might not be as reliable from the three-point line. So there's this uh, plenty of opportunities to go around, and the thing about Matt Thomas is, yes, the EuroLeague, the three-point line is a little closer to the hoop, but speaking of stats, do you know what the percentage was from uncontested threes for Matt Thomas last year? I have no idea. Kevin, you did your research. Hit I, I know it. It totally was 48.5. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw a wild guess out there. Somewhere on the 65? 99. That's crazy. Uh, 99 wow. That's beyond yards uncontested threes. He is going to be lights out. And if you watch the video footage of him in the three-point contest, uh, in the Euro League from last year, I want to say he hit like 26 or 27 with no money ball. The dude is fire and he's going to get plenty of opportunities. And with the three point shooting coming at a premium in the NBA right now, he's going to fit in just fine. So Matt, Thomas, so he- Matt Thomas is solid. He ha- amazing frame, 6'4". He's a professional scorer in my eyes. But at the same time, <laughs> you got to take in. This guy's 25 years old. There's not much development left in him. I mean, there might be just a little bit, but he's at that age where, you know, he's hit hit his peak. And uh, I want to see. Sorry. Well, I mean, like, it seems like he's a really good three point shooter. He's a really good three point shooter. So we we don't really need it, but we don't we don't really need him to do anything else. Right. We just need him to do the same thing. I want to see how he's going to be against actual NBA players. I'm not talking summer league. I'm talking like realistic, like good defenders when they come out there, but his height, he's going to come into advantage, but he's not a good defender. Um, so you're going to have to try to hide him on the deep defensive end, but I'm really curious to see what he actually does throughout the year. He has a really amazing story growing up. So I think going through all that adversity, he's going to come out a little tougher right now, but more than that, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of the, this guy, Terrence Davis on the team. <laughs> two-year deal. No, he's actually pretty solid. 6'4", yes. two, 205, from Ole Miss, 22 years old. Doesn't really have a great three-point shot, but what he does really well is the dribble handoff. And he works. The, and he's such a textbook player when it comes into that sense. And I can see that working really well with a guy like Marc Gasol, who's able to find the cutter at all times. And uh, super pumped to see how he develops throughout the year as well. Jesus Christ. I hate being a Raptor fan. We just won the NBA championship. (laughs) And now we're like getting hyped up about Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas and hoping Norman Powell does stuff. I hate everything about Toronto sports. Like this sucks. This is what we're looking. What are you complaining about, dude? I know, but this is what we're looking forward to literally less than a year after winning a championship. Like Terrence Davis. Hopefully the next Clay Thompson and Terrence Davis could be like the next Chris Paul. Who knows? That would be I mean, insane. That would be absolutely nuts. That'd be ridiculous. Only, <laughs> that would, I mean, free, Clay man. Thompson's also like, yeah, that that is true. And except Clay Thompson's like five inches and like thirty pounds bigger than Matt Thomas and can Wait, defend. He's uh, not six nine. Clay's like six nine, man. He's not. I think he's like no. six dude, or seven, right? Dude, dude, look it up. Look it up right now. I'll Please, I'll keep the fans entertained. Six. That would be absolutely wild. Look it up. I'll keep the fans entertained. Um, but um, Adam, just while Kevin does six, some seven. research for us, watch yourself. Six seven. Okay, I lied. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so we talked about Matt Thomas. We talked about Terrence Davis. Who do you think is the guy that the Raptors like really, really need to step up? Like for me, I think it's OG Ananobi. Like the Raptors are clearly going through a transition period. Whether or not a trade off their expiring guys or not. 
very clearly Pascal Siakam is the face of the future. And very clearly they want OG Ananobi to be that second guy. And in, in his rookie year, he was pretty good. And his, in his sophomore year, he kind of took a step back, had some, had some injuries. Uh, like, what do you think is this year is going to be about for OG Ananobi? Because I think this is just going to be a monster, like very, very important season for OG. Absolutely. And if um, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, recently Nick Nurse stated that he's going to have a pretty expanded role um, on this team in comparison to last year. And don't forget, like last year, I think his father passed away and he was also going through. I think he had appendicitis, if I remember correctly, and he was battling injury. So it was sort of an off year for OG. There wasn't anything injury wise to his mechanics, right? That would affect his mechanics. Um, it's just like at this point, a, a conditioning factor that I think he'll just overcome anyway. Most athletes do. Um, I think he's going to be important. It would not surprise me if you saw him in the starting lineup for this team. It really wouldn't because this is a guy that proved that he could be a capable defender, especially against a guy like LeBron James in the playoffs when it counted. Um, I think he's going to be severely important to this team. And you see these individuals that have taken that leap um, in prior years, like Norman Powell did it uh, a couple of years back, Fred Van Vliet this past year. I think this year's X factor is going to be OG Ananobi. He's going to take that leap forward, especially on the defensive side. And what we've seen from him is he can be a reliable scorer. Yes, his shot is a little awkward and it's not something that you want to bank on. But if he can refine that skill, it would not surprise me if he was a very pivotal piece for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think he can definitely definitely be a good three and d guy at the very least like um the Atlanta hawks just drafted deandre hunter out of uh virginia in this past draft and i kind of see a lot of og ananobi and deandre hunter even though i feel like deandre hunter has a more polished offense like a more polished overall offensive game but i think og can, can be that type of guy who could be a very reliable three and d guy he's strong he should be able to defend multiple positions and like you mentioned adam i don't think the raptors are going to be an an excellent three-point shooting team even with a guy like matt thomas here uh because we lost a few really good shooters but at the at the end of the day i think what the raptors can ha- kind of hang their hats on is they're still going to be a really really good defensive team right kevin yeah, like, no, for I sure. think that's still going to be there no matter what. Like they might not put they might not have that closer like Kawhi Leonard. They might not have that guy who just like turns turns the switch and drops three threes in a minute like Danny Green, not playoff Danny Green. But like they're still going to be that strong defensive unit with like Marcus Saul, Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry. So underrated. OG Ananobi, a little bit of Norman Powell in spurts, Freddie Van Vliet. Right. Like I think there's still. No matter what they are offensively, I think this is still a top defensive unit who can score a little bit. Yeah. And one of the other guys that I'm actually interested in seeing what he does this year is Stanley Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we got he's, new guys. Like, he's actually really good. I mean, coming out into the draft, he's only 23 years old. One of his biggest draft comps when he was coming in was Kawhi Leonard. And he has the potential to be something like that. I mean, he still has a little bit more time to develop. Maybe it's because he was in a team like Detroit, he wasn't able to mature into the weight player that he should have been. But he's also a really good defensive player. He's got a great size on him. He's very athletic. And uh, he can play either guard or forward as well. You can bring him in and do some damage, realistically, to us this year. Yeah, and I mean, the Raptors brought in Rondé Hollis-Jefferson as well. Like, it seems Defense. like what yeah. 
Yeah, and a lot of these guys are on just like one-year deals. Like some have like a team option for 2021. So it kind of seems like the Raptors brought in a bunch of young guys who have like a tools. They're athletic. They can defend, and like you're, they're just trying. They're just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping one of them sticks. Yeah. So I'm not saying that all of these guys are going to be back in the year after this year when the Raptors will be probably doing a rebuild and getting younger, but. Some of these guys, like if they really take the next step forward, I think we're going to see some of them like be a part of this team uh, for years to come. Mm-hmm. And like at Adam, like something I was, I'm going to, before I throw it over to you, the Raptors are, un- unlike Detroit, the Raptors are one of the best at developing players. Like we've mm-hmm. seen the success that the 905 has had over the past few years. Like Pascal, you look at a guy like Pascal Siakam, he shot the ball like 20% from three last year. He was up to 36.9 this year. You know, Norman Powell was up to close to 40% this year from three. Like OG Ananobi should take a step forward. So we have, and like Fred, Freddie Van Vliet was an undrafted kid who started off in the 905 and look at what he is right now. So it seems like the Raptors just have this reputation for developing guys and especially helping guys shoot, especially from the perimeter. So now bringing in guys like Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, who can do a bunch of stuff on the court, but can't really shoot the three. Do you think that the Raptors like success can kind of rub off on these two guys? I'm not sure that shooting is something that you can teach. You either have it or you don't. Um, I don't think no. you know, like, yeah, Stanley Johnson, Hollis Jefferson, they're more of a defensive minded bunch and I think that's what the Raptors brought them in for, because, again, when you take away Kawhi Leonard on the defensive side, there's a huge drop off. So you need to sort of mitigate that and fill in those gaps on the defensive side and trust that the shooting will just be there. If they can be locked down defenders, you have enough around you to sort of up the ante on the offensive end if everything breaks right. Um, do I think they're going to be like disastrous? No, I don't think so. But I don't think they're going to average more than uh, 35 40% from the field and that's good but it's just that I think that's being optimistic. Okay, let me just take it back to that point you made that you can either shoot or you, or you can't because uh one of Toronto's biggest icons Drake he hired the shooting guru to help him improve the <laughs> shot. So like are you are, are you telling me right now that Drizzy is wasting his money because it's just not going to happen for him? When you have that kind of money there's no such thing as wasting money. Oh, facts. Facts. That is true. Facts. <laughs> but like, no, no, I don't. I don't believe that. I feel like shooting is something you can acquire. Like Pascal Siakam, he was shooting twenty percent from three last year. He's up to thirty six point nine this year. Like, I, I, I mean, shooting is very much. It could be a mechanical thing. Could be a timing thing. It could be a rhythm thing. You know, if somebody can come in and one maybe a, a mechanical switch you're good maybe it's like a timing thing where your lower half is out of sync with your upper half and you're just not not getting into a good rhythm so i feel like shooting is something you can improve um but i mean doesn't that's all talk hopefully the raptors can do something with all these young guys because we got a lot of kids who can do a lot of stuff but they can't really shoot so if we can just get one of them to to become really good and like i'll be happy because like stanley johnson when we first got him like i think i texted kevin this right away i'm like dude we lost Kawhi, but we just got like the on the walmart version of Kawhi. Leonard. i wouldn't <laughs> say walmart man i'd say dollar store version of Kawhi, but still you nah. know 
There is potential. There is potential. Yeah. You got to take even Jr. when he first started in his career, he was only shooting around like high thirties, but he was only shooting like one shot or two shot per game. Same with Stanley. He's not taking many shots throughout the game. It's if you look at the beginning yeah. of his career, three points attempted is only like three, two or three. Yeah. I think in the right system, when you have guys like Andre Drummond and stuff like that clogging the lane and the ball's not moving that much, you don't really get many opportunities to pull up for the shot. But when you have when yeah. you have a system like the Raptors right now. And I hope Nick Norris shows what coaching is coming to us this year and oh, a fast nice. and athletic team just moving the ball. I feel like Stanley could get a few more shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I think without Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors are going to be able to run a little bit more because there's never going to be like a time when the ball just stops because you have Kyle Lowry who loves pushing the tempo. Pascal Siakam, ton of energy. Ibaka is an energy guy. Marcus Saul is a dude who like very, very unselfish fish always looking for the open guy we have a little a couple of shooters we have like i don't think stanley johnson or ronda hollis jefferson are going to be the ball dominant guy so the raptors are really going to run so i think this is really going to this this year is really going to show what nick nurse can do as a coach like i i always thought he was a great coach but now when he doesn't really have a Kawhi leonard to just when things are breaking up breaking apart you're like Kawhi, go fucking save my life right now yeah. Now he's not going to have Kawhi. So it's going to be interesting to see what Nick Nurse does with this offense. So before we get to our two-minute drill segment, let's kind of go through some predictions here. So I'll, I'm going to start with you, Adam, and then I'll move on to Kevin. If the Raptors are to trade a player this year, it's going to be who and where is he going to go? Wow. Uh, I think it's going to be Marcus Hall. Okay. I think that is the 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 aging asset that you'll probably want to look to get rid of. Um, this is assuming that things broke. I, I feel like if they're still in playoff contention, Masai is not going to do anything. I don't think he's going to buy. I don't think he's going to sell. I think he's just going to stand pat. Yeah. But yeah. Um, assuming things go wrong, I think Marcus All is the guy that you can trade and probably get a decent return. You're probably looking at a second round pick. You're not getting a first for Gasol. Um, if the Raptors shipped it. Did the Raptors yeah. get a first? Give give up a first for Gasol last year? Was it a first? I, I think they did. Oh, eh, whatever. We got a ring. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> it, it's it's another year of a guy yeah. that's in his 30s. Like you're not going to yeah. get a lot back. Um, I fair. don't see them trading within the conference. So depending on what's going on with maybe I don't know the Clippers, as you mentioned, um, if Sacramento wants to take the next step and it, they need a veteran presence on that team, <laughs> uh, Sacramento might be pretty good. They might be okay. Yeah. They, you know, okay. like, or, the, yeah. or the Lakers. Like you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Braun wants mm-hmm. to to buy more assets to make that push. None sure. of these teams would surprise me. So uh, I think Marcus All is the guy that you can sort of pencil to say if things aren't going right, he's probably going to be the one out. Mm-hmm. Kevin, who you got? So I mean, I mean, the uh, clear answer to go with is Marcus All, but yeah. you know, I don't want to go with the norm. I want to be that you know trailblazer as always. I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Lowry over here. It is a big contract, okay. but also well, it's is, an expiring. It's an expiring contract, yeah. but at the same time, you know, for a team like say. Miami Heat, who's having issues at the guard position. You know, Goran Dragic is there and all, but at the same time, they're talking about bringing in other guys playing uh, playing the starting guard position over there. Bring him in over there to control the offense. I think they can actually make a push towards uh, getting further in the playoffs. That's what I'm thinking. I, I actually, um, like like Adam, I I think Gasol too. the Clippers just makes so much sense. I just yeah. don't know who we get back. Um, 
if Kyle Lowry does get moved, a team that like really, really makes sense for Lowry, I think, would be like the Lakers, I think, because they don't really have a legitimate point guard there. There's uh, other than LeBron James. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> yeah, other than LeBron James. Well, let, let, let's put it keep it in perspective. LeBron James is in his 17th year. Yeah. I don't think he's going to want to just be the primary primary ball handler mm-hmm. all the time. I think it's going to be good for good for LeBron to just split time with a guy like Kyle Lowry, because I don't think Rajon Rondo's the answer there. If they're going to take right. that next step to the playoffs, because like, Ra- yeah, Wait, you're disrespecting the goat, Alex Rajon Caruso. Rajon. Oh yeah. Alex Caruso is running that ball over there. My guy. <laughs> That is that is true. I forgot the about Caruso. disrespect. <laughs> I thought I thought you were trying to defend Rajon Rondo. I'm like, oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, he was like a minus 200 last year. <laughs> I that rating, which is phenomenal because like he has a job right now. A guy, right. a guy has negative 200 net rating, and like we said, like yeah, let's bring this guy back. No. This guy's gonna take <laughs> us over the edge. But, I mean, taking taking this roster, man. This roster has Alex Caruso, Bradley, whatever, uh, Quinn Cook, Danny Green. Uh, you got Rondo. You got Antetokounmpo's brother. We don't know how he'll be. Jared Dudley, <laughs> Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. Like this is this is a. I don't even know what's going on over here, man. This is a shitstorm. That's yeah, let's Lakers on this year. That's yeah. that's the Lakers, man. That, let's just say <laughs> yeah. there's a reason. There's a reason why um, Anthony Davis isn't committing long term to this. Team. <laughs> and I think it's just an agent thing. Agents becoming GMs thing. Like um, yeah. Adam, I don't know if you you're following the Miami, uh, not the Miami, the New York New York Mets. Like they got a GM who used to be an agent, and like he's yep. just running a mess over there like i was actually at tournament 12 yesterday which is like this big high school showcase at the rogers center where you have like the best high school prospects from all across canada plan um and there's a bunch of pro scouts there and all they're doing is just talking shit about the mets i'm like hey this guy's un- <laughs> that's an un- i'm like that's an uncommitted guy right there he's really good he's gonna be dropped and they're like did you see that trade the mets made with robinson cano and edwin diaz for a guy who's gonna be like the next mike trout um I'm like, okay, I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore. Yeah, um, yeah that's kind of the same. That's like, that's who um, Rob Palenka is. He is yeah. that dude, just yeah. on the NBA's version. Um, so, yeah, I guess you guys kind of covered my top two options. I don't think Serge Ibaka is going to be moved. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that stays put. But, and there last is one more spot that Kyle Lowry can go, and I'm surprised you guys didn't think of it. Oh, um, did we fail? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm Chicago? looking at the rest. No, Kevin. <laughs> okay. San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. I was yeah, actually yeah. thinking that earlier. He oh, would fit need a, very well need with a reliable Bunch. point guard and you get the brothers back, you know, yes. Kyle oh, Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yes. De- yes. Oh, DeMar would be so happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, dude, that would make me so happy. Right? Kyle Lowry and Mar back t- together again. I don't and care what they did. He wanted to go there. He said it. Oh, dude, that would be that. Like everything just got, has come full circle if that happens. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, like how can and you not be romantic? About yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, because Pop is there and they're doing yeah. good stuff over there. But yeah, that would be adorable. I would love that to happen. Honestly, like. Besides, Jerry, if you're listening to this now and you're going to trade Kyle Lowry, trade him to the Spurs just to make everybody happy. That would be the That's ultimate, I'm sorry, DeMar. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, here you go. 
Exactly. Um, so one last question for you guys. Let's keep this quick. Other than OG Ananobi, because he is the consensus dude that has to click, like yet kind of has no choice. But other than him, who's like your pick? Your pick to click this upcoming season, Kevin? Who you got for the Raptors? Not the Bulls. My safe bet, <laughs> as I said earlier, will be Stanley Johnson. Like I, I, I think. Not, I think I want him to develop this year. I want him to do, actually do something uh, uh, really well with her, with his career. But at the same time, my wild pick, I would say Terrence Davis. I am actually so sold on this guy. I don't even know why, but I like him. And I think he could be a real spark, spark plug off the bench. And he, you know, he could secure that second year. That's what I'm That's thinking. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Adam, who you got? I'm going to go, I, obviously people want me to say Matt Thomas. I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to go Norm. I think Norm needs to really step up this year and prove his worth, right? Because if he doesn't prove that he has what it takes to you know, hang with this team, there's another trade chip right there. And it, people will be eager to buy because he's still young and he still could be like developed within whoever systems purchases him. So I'm going to say Norman Powell, man. It's put up or shut up time. You, you got to be a little bit more consistent. You got to be... Uh, you got to take that next leap forward and you got to earn that contract that we gave you. Cause if you're not cutting bait, man. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think, um, I'm pretty certain that other than outside of OG and Pascal, Norman Powell's the only one who has a guaranteed contract past this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean like Stanley Johnson, Ronde Ellis, Jefferson, Cameron Payne, all these guys, hopefully some of them play well. I like for Kevin's sake, I really hope, uh, Stan, Cameron Payne and Stanley Johnson play well, but Wait, what? like, we'll talk about this after, but I, I think like Norman Powell has to, because like he's in their future plans. So like you, you either got to take a step forward or like, what are you going to do with this guy? You know? So I completely agree with you, Adam, but as we wrap things up, this brings us back to a concept that we, we debuted last week. It's called the two-minute offense. Um, we were hammering out some kinks last week, but we're going to roll this once again. Kevin and I, we love we love football. We love gambling. We lose a lot of money, Kev. Like, we lose a lot. I don't know what you're but, talking about. I don't know. No, I'm we can't say that. Right now. We, we can't say that to the people. Okay. <laughs> we, all, okay, we got, we got four I mean, picks let's each. Let's pre-phase. Let's pre-phase. We were both three for four last week. Which is pretty yeah. good. 75%? That is true. That's a passing that is grade. True. That is true. I was six for eight two weeks ago. In I week mean, one. that's really good. And, <laughs> yeah, and nobody knows what will happen in week one. Like, that's exactly. a complete shitstorm. But yeah. anyways, I'm, I'm going to start things up, and then I'm going to throw it back to you, Kevin. Two-minute offense. Here we go. First pick, Dallas Cowboys. They're a 21.5-point favorite, but they're playing the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins suck. They just uh, traded away Minka Fitzpatrick, which is literally best their only player left the dolphins have been outscored by 90 points through the first two games take the boys number two kc is a 6.5 point favorite at home lamar jackson played against the two worst teams in football and baltimore struggled to close out arizona but kc's different kc's at home patrick mahomes is a stud coach reed is one of the best offensive minds in foot in football take kc by a touchdown uh next pick we got the rams they're good guys and they have aaron donald who's a really really good defensive player they're a three-point favorite against the browns who blew out a team that they should have blown out last week um i don't really buy all that hype with the browns the o-line is really really bad baker mayfield hasn't looked phenomenal yet so the rams a three-point favorite i'll take that even if it's on the road and before i throw it over to kevin my last pick seattle they're two and no and they're going up against a team they're at home and they're going up against a team that's going to be without Drew Brees, a team that's struggled off 
offensively since literally week 13 of last year. Seattle's defense is young. They're legit. And Russell Wilson is a magician who, no matter what receiver you give him, he's going to make stuff happen, even though Doug Walden, Doug Baldwin is retired. So 4.5 points spread. That's easy money right there. There's four picks to click. Go get your money. Kevin, what you got? Wow. You're not going to like my I was, pick. Dude, I was, I was prepared. Last, last week sucked. That was good. That was, that was that fire. Was, that was hot. But that was not good. You're going to hate this me. Week? You're going to hate me right now. Okay, okay my first pick. I mean, I'll go with the easy ones first. First one, Patriots. I'm going to take them to beat the Jets. Sam Darnold is still out with Samano. We're going to beat him by 23. That's easy. Jets suck. Patriots rule. There we go. Number two, Giants. I think the Giants have a shot at beating Bucks. Now they're starting Daniel Jones. Huge fan of Daniel Jones. You, I've already talked to, uh, talked to you about this dude kid for some time. I personally believe that he's going to throw over 200 yards and two TDs. And you know what? A lot of the times teams perform better once you have a um, change of QBs. That's a spark plug. Third one, you're not going to like this at all. I pick Dolphins. Josh Rosen what? is starting this week. I don't think he's amazing. But sometimes I, he's a good, said before, okay. He he is a good Jewish boy. He's a he's good a, Jewish lad who is I'll always I'll give you that. I'll give you for the for the listeners. Uh, Richard is Jewish, so that's the only reason why I say that. But at the same time, Josh Rosen, he's not the greatest quarterback in the world. But at this, like when there is a QB change, it reignites the offense a lot of the times. And Dolphins have to win at some point. And also at the same, time, I don't think they will win. But at the same time, I don't think they will lose by twenty-two. Is what I'm going to go with. So I think Dolphins are going to come out come out on top over there. Number three. It's my upset of the week. I think mm-hmm. L. Jack, Mark Ingram, and this guy named Marquise Brown. I don't know if you heard about him. Hollywood. Hollywood Brown are going to go down to Arrowhead Stadium and are going to make Patty Mahomes cry. That's what's going to happen. They're going to beat Patty Mahomes. I'm not talking about beating the spread. I'm talking about they're going to win the game. That's my take for the day. Let's go. You guys got no love for Bills, man. Come on. No one wants to talk about the Bills. Come on. They're so good this year. Okay, before we before we wrap this one up, I must say I kind of like the Bills. I think a lot of people are No, no, no. Kevin, listen to me. I think a lot of people are hitting on them. Dude, I think a lot of people are hitting on them because they're the Bills, which I completely understand. But they just won two straight games on the road. Yep. To start the season, I think they have one of the most underrated coaching staffs in football. I kind of yes. like John. I, I I like Josh Allen. Like I don't think he's insanely good, but Number I think the, the I think the Bills' coaching staff staff puts them in a position to succeed, and they have a good defense. They don't have yes. like the most flashy offense, but I think they're, they're I think they could be a wild card team because everyone yeah. in the AFC uh, sucks, other dude. than the Patriots and the and the KC. Chiefs, I mean, they played you know? the Jets and the Giants. They yeah, played they Jets won and two, Giants. Dude, 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 they won two games in a row against the fake New York teams. We're the <laughs> only real New York team in the NFL, Buffalo Bills. They have Devin Singletary, who's going to be phenomenal. Frank Gore, who holds the Infinity Stone. He just never dies. Josh Allen might not be the most accurate quarterback, but my man, dude, he is a leader. Sean McDermott is a great head coach. He does not give up on his team. He's poised. He's like a little miniature Bill Belichick with the happier attitude. They're going to finish go. second in the AFC. There we go. Talk to him. Talk to him. I promise you. Uh, the Jets are so goddamn overrated. The Jets blow, dude. I'm telling you. They're finishing I mean, second in the East. I'll give you this much. They do have one of the best wide uh, receivers in the league. Yes. That's easily Beasley. 
He's one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. He knows his routes. He can catch. He might not get yardage after the catch, but he will still make that catch. I will John Brown? Beasley, Beasley. John I'm Brown, so man. Don't sleep on John Brown. Dude, I'm telling you, like the Bills, they got to play the Jets again. They got to play the Dolphins twice. Like, they're, they're the good. Yeah, they, yeah, okay. Oh, every, they'll lose every, to the Patriots for sure, but they're going to yeah. beat Cincy. They're going to beat Tennessee. They're going to be. They're going to beat Pittsburgh this year. They're going to be just fine. You know, they're, dude. There's keep Kevin. Keep in mind, like the Bills aren't fantastic, but there are so many bad AFC teams that they're going to be yes. playing that they might just squeak in and lose in the first round. Just That's like last time. Don't don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Kevin. The Pats are still going to make it to the AFC Championship game yes. like they do every single season. Oh, Everything cool. will be okay. Everything will be okay. But win a ring again this year. Anyways, um, starting tomorrow, we're going to have an NFL podcast, I guess. Um, this has been a blast. Adam, thank you again for coming on. Can you just tell everybody what you got going on for yourself before we wrap this one up? I can, but first, I'm going to thank you guys for having me on. This is great. I love talking Raptors, guys. So, And a little bit of NFL talk is great, too. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Corsair, or you can find me at South of the Six. That is six spelled the numbers. Uh, sorry, the number six and the letters I-X, like the cool kids spell it. I am not one of those. You can check out the work at SouthOfTheSix.com. Subscribe to the podcast, South of the Six podcast, wherever you download your podcast, wherever you get them. We're there. We're going to jump into Raptors talk right into the month of October. So there will be no delay. And guys, again, thank you for having me on. It's been great. Not a problem. Always a pleasure, dude. Well, Kevin, this has been a blast. We'll do this again next week. We'll figure something out. We'll put something together. Um, We got to. We got to. Keep the pot alive. Exactly. Uh, One step closer to hosting our own own show on ESPN. I'm sitting That's across Skip. Oh. I am skip? sitting okay. across Skip. Well, good. Shannon Sharp's job. Dude, good luck to you. That's a conversation for another episode. This has been the Pick and Pod. Until next week, guys. Peace.